Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Good evening, everybody, or, well, good morning, if you're listening to this as this episode goes live at 7 a.m. This is Alex, and I'm going to be rocking this episode solo. Um... Mainly because Anthony is on vacation, enjoying the beach, and while we got a couple drive-by episodes recorded, we didn't quite get to the end of the month episode. We were going to have another interview lined up, and unfortunately, the timing did not pan out correctly, and so we weren't able to get that person on, and then... We kind of lost track of time, and he ended up going on vacation. So he's at a beach all week, and I'm not. So, um, so yeah, so that's where we're at. He's enjoying the beach. I'm recording a podcast episode in my kitchen, and this is you know, what you're going to get tonight. So I don't think we're going to get the full episode. Uh, I do have one question geared up. And uh, so I'm going to play that question, and then uh, I am going to talk about some practicalities to it and hopefully um, get it answered appropriately. And that'll be it. Um, There's not really much um, spring cleaning, if you would, or uh, any any talking that we need to have done. Um, We keep the episodes pretty simple, and... uh, you know, so we're, we're always looking to get more questions and, uh, and garner more interest into this. So we've got quite a few actually lined up, but some of them I really want to make sure uh, that we, we have both of us on to talk about them. Um, this one a good friend sent to me, so uh, I will take the time to answer it for her. And, uh, and then after that, so this might just be a really quick, short 10, 15 minute episode. I don't know. Um, Without further ado, I'm going to give you guys the question, and then I will answer said question. So in Colossians um, 129, yeah, 129, 
where he's, you know, Paul tells us that um, he, la- um, he, I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. And then in Corinthians, when he talks about, in my weakness, he is strong. When we have scriptures like that, that teach us that Christ is working in us, and we know, you know, that we've always been taught that, the, you know, to be ready for the big things, like um, have faith when something goes wrong with your health or with your family or with, um, you know, a job, things like that. But when I read those scriptures, I'm, I'm constantly trying to think about what are some daily living ways that I can use those scriptures and apply it to my daily life and and how I can see some fruit of it. Um, you know, for somebody like me that's at home as a stay-at-home mother, some ways that, you know, not just big monumental times that my faith is tested and I'm persevering and I'm fighting the good fight of faith or whatever, but in the small daily living things, what are some ways that you can kind of gauge that and see where Christ is working in, in me, you know, and to see the results of what, you know, instead of just a big thing, small things day to day. All right. So looking at uh, Colossians one twenty nine, and, uh, and then it looks like second Corinthians 12, nine. So the, really the question is, is how can we evaluate our day-to-day lives and see the fruit work? Um, how can we take what Paul's writing about and can we really grasp what it is that he's trying to say? And is it applicable to us today? So uh, I'm going to read just some context because um, – for what uh, Jackie is actually saying here um, from 129 in Colossians actually backs up to verse 24 and continues into chapter 2. So uh, this section is called Paul's Ministry to the Church. It's what it's highlighted in my ESV Bible as. Uh, so here's what Paul writes. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all of his energy, that he powerfully works within me. So mine is worded a little bit differently in 29. Starting in chapter 2, Paul continues, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea. And for all of you who have not seen my faith, seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged to be knit together in love to reach all of the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. 
For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see you, see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So that is all of the text from uh, Colossians. Uh, and then I, I want to touch base really quick on the text from um, 2 Corinthians. So Paul's actually talking about visions and his thorn. Uh, kind of a well-known text. It covers verses, uh, starting with chapter 12, verses 1, and going all the way through 10. I'll read that in context. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but not on my own behalf. I will not boast, except for my weakness. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth that I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me and hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness and the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me and to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should lead me. But he said to me, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So that is context for the second verse in question. And it's interesting, right? So both of these kind of have a different take to them. Um, the first one we look at, Paul in his striving in ministry. Uh, in the second one, we talk about Paul's thorn and how Christ's grace is sufficient and that through Christ, his power is what sustains us. When we look at the Colossians text, this one verse, if taken out and just examined by itself for this, I toil struggling with all of that energy. He powerfully works within me. Uh, can be made to look reflectively to what 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Both of these can have something in common. However, we don't want to really mix these up because Paul has different angles with these. Um, but really, I think the premise of the question was more along the lines of, if Christ is working in us, then what should we see day to day in our lives? Well, there's a song by Beautiful Eulogy, and I want to bring that up for you real quick. So in their song called Signs and Wonders, they talk about how an individual might be more applicable to living their life based upon signs and wonders that God delivers. And in verse 3, they deliver quite a profounding line, uh, and I want to read through their verses here. It's a fantastic song. I highly recommend it. Beautiful eulogy, symbols, and signs. Verse 3 says, I like it when the wind shifts. They say it's the movement of the Spirit. Still, small voice, y'all hear it. 
Remember that time I saw that leaf fall? I was positive it was God's call. Wait for it. Listen close. Y'all missed it? I say Gideon, Samson, and Paul. Well, I just saw the clouds split and know that God did it and, and does it still. Still, his presence feels like chills, right? If I'm honest, it doesn't happen often. Something must be wrong. It's boring when my life is more like the book of Ruth than Exodus. I've never seen the parting of an ocean or the cloud by day, pillar by night. Just the normal, everyday working of life where things that suck royally is evidence of his royalty. Scratch your temple. So deep it's simple, silly us, ignore the pain. We prefer a riddle, dying to see a miracle while holding God's diary, looking for signs. I love that verse. I love this song. The song's like... <laughs> can be played almost at every should be played at every charismatic church outing nowadays <laughs> because you know and, and and i and i know uh jackie and i know she's not one that's going to go out and seek signs and wonders but i think what the christian walk especially today has such an influence in this concept of we must see a sign right we must have some sort of acknowledgement from God or some sort of just a flicker to know that we're doing the right thing, to know that God is with us. And I'll be honest, for those who know me, know what I go through. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working to transition into ministry full time. Uh, I also work full time in IT. Uh, I also go to seminary full-time. I also am a father and a husband full-time. <laughs> I'm also, uh, I just started writing. Not, uh, I can't give away those details yet, but I will be writing. Um, I will have an article that comes out uh, for uh, a pod, podcast that we're close friends with. And I don't, we haven't made any announcements, so I won't announce that yet. And I just finished an article on church discipline for a, uh, for a, I'd say it's a pretty big website. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that one. So I'm, I'm staying busy. And I realized tonight as uh, I'm sitting here eating dinner with my wife before I recorded this episode, and it, it just kind of seemed to hit me. You know, I'm waiting to see where God is going to move to, you know, in terms of ministry and full-time ministry. And I feel like I am constantly waiting for a sign, constantly waiting for acknowledgement. I am constantly waiting. I'm searching. I'm looking. And I'm missing the miracles around me, the miracles of life, the miracles of joy and happiness. I preached a sermon in Wisconsin at a good friend of mine's church. Uh, his dad was... Uh, um, taking a vacation. And so they invited me to come up and preach. And uh, you can hear that sermon on my YouTube page. Um, I preached on uh, the truth of scripture and sufficiency of scripture. And that one, that Sunday night, I believe it was my wife and I were putting our daughter down to bed and she looked at me and she says, you know what? I want to take the time every night and I want to read through the new Testament with you. And I said, all right, cool, let's do it. Now, I mean, I, I read through scripture uh, on a year-round cycle. Right? I try to get it, try to get the Bible in a few times a year. 
That's my goal. Um, not that I'm good or perfect by or better by doing that, but um, I do it because it, I think it helps me in seminary. It helps me understand and, and answer questions when people need it. And so I was very, very overwhelmed and filled with um, an immense amount of joy when my wife said that, that she wants to go through uh, all of the New Testament with me, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. I said, well, let's do it. Let's start tonight. <laughs> so we started in Matthew, and we've been diligently going through the book of Matthew. And what, I guess, you know, answering Jackie's question and, and looking at this particular scripture and looking at my scenario in life, that's a miracle. I mean, not to say that my wife's not a believer or she doesn't read the Bible, but the the movement of the Spirit in our lives is contagious. When you have this appetite for God's Word, those around you and your family will question you and wonder why you have such this appetite, such a joy for God and for Christ and for Scripture. When you start to dig into Scripture, you want to share it with others and those around you. And eventually... That may rub off onto other people. That may go to your spouse, your kids, your your parents, your brothers, your sisters. People may start going, why, why are you so you know wrapped up in this whole church thing? Shouldn't you be concerned about the what's going on in society? Shouldn't you be concerned about all the riots and the pillaging? And the more I look at it, the more I just don't care about any of that stuff. Give me Christ, at least I die. I don't care about nothing else. I want Jesus. And when my wife approached me and said that she wanted to do that, I was over, overjoyed. I was ecstatic. And I know it's my call to lead her in ministry, and I, we do talk a lot. I mean, I, I, I really run her down sometimes by just talking about theology and that. But to sit and go through all of the scriptures is an immense... Um, amount of joy for me. And not only that, but, uh, you know, I get to see my daughter grow every day. She gets smarter every day. I see God's mercy on her and God's love on her. And I see it, his mercy in my family by being able to wake up in the mornings and have food on the table and have clean clothes and electricity and the ability to record these podcasts, the thunder that's clapping outside my my house right now. Wake up and go to work, have a job that pays the bills and puts money into savings and takes care of my family. You know, we get so wrapped up in all of these signs and wonders. And like Jackie said, we can have faith for the big moments, but how do we get through the small things, the mundane stuff, the everyday life? And the only thing I can ever con come back to think is just we have to just keep praying and we have to keep working through what's on our plate. And everybody's plate's different. What I might prescribe for you may not work for the next person. What I say works for me may not work for you. And I don't want to make this legalistic that if you pray every day, God's going to bless you and give you everything you've ever wanted. Because it's not how it works. I put a post up on my stories yesterday on Instagram, 
Yeah, he simply said that your relationship with God should not depend upon his ability or his providence or whatever, however I phrase it, to answer your prayers. Your relationship to God should not depend upon him answering your prayers. If you are constantly praying for something and he is not or does not seem like he's answering you, that should not run down your your relationship with him. In fact, it should strengthen your relationship with him because now you become more dependent upon him. And I'll tell you, there's days that I feel so overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit and I am just, maybe overwhelmed is not the right word, maybe it is, consumed, powered. I feel just immense amounts of joy in Christ and I just want to read scripture and I listen to lectures and sermons and I read and I read and I read. And then there's days where I'm just so burnt out, I can't even put music in my headphones and listen. We all have those days. You know, the movement of the spirit comes and goes in us. I mean, Christ is, you know, is in us, right? That's not something that doesn't change. It's not like he abandons us, but there's going to be days that we will be more on fire than the other. That's just the reality of life. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with praying today and not praying tomorrow. We do see consistent obedience taught in scripture, but we're, we're human. We fail. We fall short of that. We fall short of that. I fall short of that. And if anybody says any different, they lie. And it's tragic, right? It's tragic when you see people create these Instagram pages, these Facebook pages, have these podcasts, YouTube channels, whatever it may be, and they they present to you that they've got it all figured out, ladies and gentlemen. They have, they have figured out the secrets. They have the perfect theology. They know everything. Well, truthfully, I, I think that that's not true. Nobody has it figured out. Nobody has all of the answers. You know, not, not Luther, not Calvin, not Knox. Paul even says, as I read that text in Second uh, Corinthians here. Did I bring it back up on my screen? He said, when when posing these questions early in chapter twelve, he replied three times that he does not know. Yes, that's my laptop beeping at me. <laughs> Clicked on the wrong icon, but. Even Paul says that he doesn't know. Now, that's not to say that Paul didn't have all the answers. Paul was quite, a, you know, an intelligent man and very articulate. I mean, he wrote a majority of the New Testament scripture, and that's why we're talking about it tonight. But the only one that has ever walked this earth with all of the answers is Christ. But when we look back to our day-to-day life and how can we evaluate, how can we create this sufficient or edifying life? And I could tell you, read your Bible and pray, but then that's legalism because I'm giving you a command to go do something that you are not going to be able to do. You might be able to, you might be able to read your Bible five, six times a, a 
for a couple of weeks, you know, um, but, but in the long run, we're all going to skip a day. We're all going to skip a week and we're all going to kind of go back into this routine, this rut. And then we have to be reminded. And that's why uh, we have to be reminded of scripture, of the gospel, because we just simply forget it every week, if not every day. I'm pretty sure it was Luther that said, I have to be reminded of the gospel every day because I forget it. And that was a man devoted to, to the scriptures. I mean, he uh, translated the New Testament into German in just a matter of a few short months. I mean, how many books and, and letters did he write? Same with Calvin. I mean, they're, they're all monsters of, of, of greatness. I mean, they did things that most theologians today couldn't possibly come close to. And, and yet they still admitted that they were weak in all of it. And that's what we are. We're just weak. But in the everyday workings of our lives, we can see evidence of God's mercy playing out. We may have a life much like the book of Ruth. And in some days that might just be fine for most of us. Because I don't know if I would want a life like Exodus I don't know if I could handle what the Israelites went through in Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. I don't think I could, honestly. Book of Ruth seems like a pretty easy going life. Couple chapters, short book, but it's you know it doesn't no miracles, no no nothing crazy. But in the long run, that might just be that might just be all right. So I hope I answered this question. I didn't really give you anything foundational to do because you just have to take care of your family. You know, I tell my wife all the time, you know, and I've told a few people this. If you have kids, your ministry, your ministry is your family. Your ministry is raising your kids taking care of your husband, just as your husband's ministry, if I'm speaking of women, your husband's ministry is to take care of your, of their spouse and their kids. As I'm speaking to the husbands, you know, get up and go to work every day, grind it out and, and wake up on Sundays and take your family to church. That's your ministry. The day in and day out, everyday working of life. That's what we're called to do. Some of us are called to more things. Some of us are called to ministry. Some are called to missionary work. Some are called to, you know, go out on the street and preach. Some of us are called to go to um, Planned Parenthood and, and pray for these women going in. Some of us are called to, you know, go into, you know, the inner cities and work with, you know, the rundown schools and those who don't have an easy life. We all have something that we're called to. We all have a mission. We all have a mission field. So whatever that is, I, I ask that you prayerfully consider and seek it out and look to God and he will guide you. Whatever you have a passion on your heart for, go do it. There's nothing wrong with that. If you feel that your mission field right now is raising your kids, then do that. Raise them right. Teach them the gospel. Share with them the love of Christ. Because I'll tell you, in this world, we need that more than anything right now. We need that more than anything. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's where I'm going to wrap this show. Um, 
I hope it was edifying. I kind of got to some stuff off my chest and I hope I was able to uh, just kind of go through and, and really talk about just the everyday workings of life for you, hopefully. Um, Anthony will be back July 15th with me and we will hopefully have a, a drive-by episode in the meantime. We've got a ton of stuff scheduled and, and locked up here. So this is hopefully only a one-time off just because of poor scheduling. We actually recorded the drive-by episode a few days ago and we were talking, well, you know, we were going to have a, a guest come on Friday night and record and then that didn't happen and then the weekend happened and neither one of us was available because he was traveling and i was um, working on some papers and it just became a mess so please bear with us i hope this was a good episode feel free to share follow subscribe on whatever uh, podcast platform you have leave us a review uh especially on itunes we could really use that to get this word out because we want to make this um you know this this show much bigger than what it is so please share it with your friends and family don't hold it back from anybody not just this show but all of them guys we love you we thank you for your support we know that the show has traction we're seeing the numbers and we see that this does have it does have a lot of downloads and so we thank you thank you thank you for that um and uh, we might get some cool exclusive stuff coming. I don't know what we're talking. Anthony and I have some things up our sleeves, so no spoilers yet. But stay tuned, guys. We hope you all have a great week. We will see you in July. God bless.